Four podcasters board a spaceship borrowed from Elon Musk. They travel through an anomaly and find themselves bouncing from planet to planet each of which has been inspired by Earth's own pop culture influences. Along with their AI companions, they must find a way home before, well before nothing really. This is Podcast 42. Starting Transmission. Now. It is Podcast 42. I am Christopher DeVos. I'm Sabrina Pierre. JL Tropes. I'm Laura. And it's a no bones day. Oh my God. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Chris hates it. <laughs> we are recording this on a no bones day, but we're going to persevere through it. <laughs> we're also interrupting your regular scheduled programming. Because I thought that would be wise to have a two-parter and then stick this right in between them. <laughs> but Halloween's coming up, and it's our annual Big creepy... Brother episode. No, we didn't do one this year. We didn't. Why didn't we do a Big Brother this I year? I don't know. No. It, uh, our schedules have been messed because up the entire year. Because it was a letdown last year since I didn't win. <laughs> I think it was the greatest year yet. Anyway, yeah, it's our awesome. annual creepy pasta theater episode. No one cares about Big Brother right now. <laughs> I do. I want Every year we year. take some stories from the internet that real people have written, and we're going to act them out. But before we do that, let us visit JL's Beer Cooler. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you think. JL Beer Cooler. It's cool enough to drink. It's cool enough to drink. Yeah. I don't like that. At least he knows where to edit. Yeah. <laughs> Spike. <laughs> What's in the beer cooler? Well, now that Laura's finally opened hers, it is from Florida Avenue Brewing, their Luminescence Hazy IPA. I like the band. They're a good band. Who? That's Evanescence. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I like their thing. It says double dry hops with pillowy mounds of the juiciest tropical hops we could find. Mm. I almost asked you where that was. Hops? <laughs> on, the, oh, on the bottom of the can. Oh, yeah. There it is. Really tiny. All right. Well, stay tuned to the end of the episode when we rate the beer. One through six. This is based on a six pack. One being the worst. Six being the best. <laughs> This makes sense to everybody in the world except for one lone Canadian in Kissimmee, who I think is getting married. Again? Is he already married? No, but he was engaged before. Okay. Oh, yeah, I know that, but that's why I'm like, again? No, isn't it the same check? Technically, this would be the third engagement then. Wow. Yeah, two engagements to one girl. I can't wait till him and J Lo hook up. I'm going to have to. I'm (laughs) going to have. I hope he doesn't get married because then I have to change that little line for the beer cooler. He still might be a very lone Canadian, though. Even though he's married? Yes. I mean, you do know him, right? <laughs> yeah, I do know him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there are some lonely married people. Look at all the lonely people. <laughs> no, I don't think that's how that song went. So, word of warning. This will contain language and sexual situations. <laughs> and no editing. And no editing. First story on the board. MILF. Oh, <laughs> is that who you're with? By Zaxxon Q. Another night alone, sitting in front, <laughs> sitting in front of the computer, with a mouse in one hand and a vodka on the rocks in the other, trying to kill time before complete exhaustion overtakes me. I aimlessly click back and forth, page after page of news prowl, stupid videos, social media sites, playing free, unskilled games, and the occasional bit of fantasy self-fulfillment porn. Idiots. I'm not new to the ways of the internet. Later on into the night and into my fifth beverage, I notice one of these banner ads blinking with neon red letters at the top of a news site. I only noticed it because it had my name flashing as the first word. James, MILFs in your area want to meet you. One MILF is just 10 miles away. I laughed heartily to myself nearly spitting out some of my precious vodka. 
Who still uses that term these days? MILF. Just another example of how the advertisement industry is way out of touch with the world. But how did they know my name? I didn't think you could get a name from an IP address, just a location. I click refresh. When the page fully loaded, I was knocked back in my chair, mouse flung from my hand. I was assaulted by an extremely loud, shrill, dinging sound from the computer speakers. I gather myself and reach to turn the speakers off. I don't ever remember turning them up that loud. I scan the page for what could have possibly made that audio attack. James! MILFs in your area want to meet you! One MILF is just nine miles away! That was the only ad on the page, and the only possible source of annoyance. I thought it was weird that the same ad was showing, since sites like these usually keep a plethora of them on cycle. I guess the MILF people paid extra to be more prominent. I shrugged it off and continued reading. I found an article on cyber attacks and hacking that have been happening lately. I thought that was amusing since I felt semi-invaded myself from the shrieking MILF banner. News seemed to be slowing down for the night, so I clicked on the title to read more. Half out of interest, half out of boredom. The first thing to load was my friends at MILF Incorporated. James! MILFs in your area want to meet you! One MILF is just seven miles away! Oh, you've got to be kidding me! Was this to be my fate for the remainder of the night? I was getting tired of MILF vision. So tired, in fact, that I was thinking about striking that category from my more adult-related browsing. Wait, seven miles? Didn't that say ten the last time? Or was it nine? I know it wasn't seven. So, what am I now, on a MILF countdown? MILF live GPS updates? Got MILF? You're about to. Damn, these nerds are good. The article didn't load. The only thing on the page was the banner. It wasn't the first time this has happened. It's not like I have the more advanced ISP or connection, so there's bound to be some hiccups. I move the arrow to the refresh icon once again and click. No article. Simad. Updated distance. James! MILFs in your area want to meet you! One MILF is just five miles away! That is one fit MILF to be able to run two miles in five seconds! I'm almost tempted to meet this Olympian MILF! 50-year-old woman with way too much plastic surgery, caked on makeup, huge muscular legs, shooting out of a short leopard print skirt. I chuckled, <laughs> amused at my own jokes. The article must either be down, not updated, or something technical that my limited education is not privy to. I click on my save bookmark to go back to the main page of the news site. James! MILFs in your area want to meet you! One MILF is just four miles away! That was the only thing on the page. I wondered if the news site was another victim of the recent hacking hijinks and was taken down. Oh well, I was pretty much done with that website anyway. I clicked on the bookmark to go to my personal email. James! MILFs in your area want to meet you! One MILF is just three miles away! This isn't funny anymore! No email, just MILF! And the bitch is getting closer! I was starting to get a bit freaked out! Two separate sites taken down and replaced with the MILF ad? I close the browser window and open it again in hopes of washing away the MILF. James! MILFs in your area want to meet you. One MILF is just two miles away. It seems that you can't just wash MILF out. I know I didn't download anything, so this couldn't possibly be a virus. Was I being hacked somehow? For what purpose? With all honesty, I am not that interesting of a person to go through all this trouble for. I have no money in my bank account, so good luck with that, pirate assholes. Want to steal my identity? How about it? I barely want it myself. I furrowed my brow and click refresh. James! MILFs in your area want to meet you. One MILF is just one miles away. It didn't even bother updating miles to the singular form. <laughs> With a shaky hand, I reached for my glass and chugged down that last of the watered-down vodka. Gross. 
Vodka flavored bottle water is not something that would sell well. I click the refresh button and wonder what the next update would say. My heart sank into my asshole, and I felt like I was about to vomit up the entire contents of my stomach. James! A MILF is right outside your door. No, that couldn't be. That couldn't be possible. Even if they know where I live, they possibly couldn't travel that fast. Then my mind started to wander to dark places. What does MILF even stand for? Murdering insane lunatic fucker? Mutant inbred lashing freak? There's someone at my door! At least that's what I'm told. By an ad. On the internet. The more I think about it, the more ridiculous it seems. It just couldn't be true. It can't. Even if there was someone at my door. There's three locks on it that would keep them out. There was no way they could get in. I was safe. I click refresh. A sound grabbed my attention before I could look at the screen as it loaded. There's no way that I could sit here with my heart beating as hard as it was. I'd die of some kind of heart failure or aneurysm. I knew that I would have to buck up and see this through. I slowly raised my head to face the computer screen. I swallowed hard as my suspicions were accurate. James! A MILF is right behind you. Tara gripped me like a pit bull with a raw steak. Tiny beads of sweat formed on my brow. I froze in my chair, unable to breathe, unable to blink, unable to move. When everything was absolutely still, I heard it, breathing, not my own, but right behind me. I dared not look around. I knew that if I looked at it, I'd die, either by its hands or my own fright. I tried to swallow, but could only muster up the motions with a dry, sharp sensation, like drinking sand. I had no idea what to do. I scanned the desk, but couldn't find anything worthy of a weapon strong enough to fight off what I imagined to be eight feet of pure horror. What will happen if I click the ad? Could that have been the answer this whole time? You had the power to go home all along, Dorothy. I could gather up every bit of strength I could, slowly move the mouse in hopes of not disturbing the MILF, and hover the cursor on the ad. I clicked nothing. I clicked three times, still nothing. The ad was just a static picture, not a link at all. I moved the mouse over the refresh icon. A ferocious battle between my curiosity and my sheer primal terror began. I could still hear it breathing. Should I refresh? What would happen? Would this be the very last thing that I ever do? It's already behind me. Is it waiting for the final click as a confirmation to attack? I lick my dehydrated lips and close my eyes. Curiosity had won. I click refresh. We have been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> the end. So stupid. <laughs> I was waiting for Stifler's mom. <laughs> She's got it going on. No, that's Stacy's mom. I should have practiced my Jennifer Coolidge. Yes. Oh, I really. How come I she gets all the easy lines? Hot dog, real bad. It's not quite there yet. Next, not even close. No. Next, super. I'll work on it though. Super scary mm-hmm. story. Eight mile lost copy by X. Dur dead six 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 six. There's only three seconds. Yeah, six. I was at my local store, Blockbuster. I was there to get a movie for my scary movie night. I asked the clerk for the scariest movie they had. Oh, you want a scary movie, do you? Here is, in my opinion, the scariest movie in existence. Thanks, Shaggy. He handed me a video (laughs) case of 8 Mile. What this movie is about? It is a movie about a rapper and his gang challenging the other gang called The Free World. They always have conflicts through violence and rap battles. How much is it worth? Five dollars. I gave him six dollars for this movie because of his recommendations. I put the 8 Mile CD (laughs) in my DVD player. It shows regular copyright warnings with fines. The title screen shows up with Eminem looking at the ground, obviously looking depressed. I press play and Eminem's song, Lose Yourself Played. After a while, it showed Eminem 
walking a deserted road. He looked very dismal. He occasionally laughed and cried. He was then greeted with a sign. He read the sign out loud. I heard him say, My dreams, 606 miles away. I wondered what his dreams were. He then ran very fast towards the sun. I fast forward this as it just showed him running on a loop. <laughs> After a while, I saw him rapping against Lotto. I put it on one time speed. Lotto said, I got to murder that dude. <laughs> can't laugh. <clears throat> it's one speed. It's going slow, right? Yeah, I guess. Okay. I got to murder that dude from Leave It to Beaver. Then I saw the face of Theodore Cleaver on the screen. I heard him say, Well, Beef, it is you who will be murdered, Lotto. I then saw a knife being thrown from the crowd, aimed and hitting Lotto in the chest. He cried loudly, and Bee Rabbit said, Thank you, Theodore. The Free World Gang went on to the stage to help their fallen team member. They then blamed it on Bee Rabbit. Papa Doc got out his handgun and shot Bee Rabbit in the chest twice. He went on by shooting Future, Cheddar Bob, and Soul George each once. Papa Doc then said, That's what you get for being gay. He then looked at the screen and said, It is time for your turn. After that, a screen capture popped up and read, Two years later, it showed Lotto and 313's crew, B-Rabbit, Future, Cheddar Bob, and Soul George tombstones. They're all lined up in a row. The Free World Gang's car pulled up. And they all got out. Papa Doc laughed mechanically. Ha ha ha! While the others had their heads bowed like they were praying, Papa Doc said, What? You feel sympathy for these fools? Lickety Split said, Yeah, dog, pray with us. If you feel sympathy for these fools, then you should join them. He got out his handgun and shot his crew. Once they were all dead, he put them in a pile and urinated on them. He then reloaded his pistol and shot the spots where the dead bodies were buried. The credits rolled, and the title of the movie was now 666 Mile, The Spree. I instantly turned off my DVD player. I ran back to Blockbuster and asked for, for why you had this. What has been done cannot be undone. I don't understand. I want a refund. If you want a refund, ask my boy, Papa Doc. Papa Doc instantly sprang up from under the counter, clearly having a sadistic expression on his face and a gun in his hand. He aimed the gun at me. Now, do you want a refund? I ran away with terror. I put the 8-mile DVD in a bag, smashed it up, and threw it in a sewer. I sent an email to the creators of the movie, and they replied with, Oh, the one where Papa Doc is a murderer? That is our first copy of the movie. We changed it because the audience who watched it committed suicide after Papa Doc urinated on the dead bodies. Hope there's no harm done to you, smiley face. No one should ever experience the 8 Mile lost copy. Oh, and you even tipped the guy a dollar. Oh, he did him wrong. Bet he regrets that. <laughs> and now it's my my favorite time of the episode. Well, you know, we like to mix it up a little. It is the JL special. This one is called Beach Boys Hidden Album Frown by Unknown. Okay, so you're not going to believe this, but there's an album by the Each Boys called Frown, which is a sequel to Smile. Unlike Smile, only Bryn Wilson knows about this album, because everyone else in the Beach Boys had their brains wiped. The album was leaked on some Ukrainian website a year ago, and it popularity talk off. The album's cover was let on the Ukraine website, shows the Beach Boys in one of their publicity photos, but it is different. First off, all the members has red eyes and seem to be frowning. Above one of the members is the title, The Beach Boys Frown, in blue Ariel font. 
The first song on the album is called Our Satan, and it starts with Brian Wilso and saying a Satan hymn, then someone's stats showing a guitar up Carl's butt, <laughs> then we hear Kirk Cobbin on the toilet, and then a gunshot. Then, Forendic laughs, and then the song Ings. The second song is called Eeg, and it's a reverse <laughs> gee. <laughs> the third one is called Summon, and it starts with some playing a pino. The third one is called Summon, and it starts with someone playing a pino with his dick. Then Demi starts singing, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Brian Wilson starts trangulating Pinkie Pie. Then Ron Bodash comes back from the dead and starts kicking, kiking, kiking Carl in the balls. Mike then sets fur on Ron Bodash and she dies. The fourth one is Khalid, fuck you, and it starts off with evil Patrick saying, fuck you, and then it cuts to Al making out with Mike. Loop. Then Ringo Starr comes in and starts playing the derms, <laughs> and Paul McCartney plays boss, and Al plays trumpet, and Elvis plays guitar, and Elvis says, fuck you, through the entire an E-Tray song. The fifth one is called Bros Before Hoes, and it's like if LMFAO did a song on bros before hoes. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. The sixth one is called Happy Crappy, and it has Al taking a... The last one is called Patrick's Orama, and Patrick says, I'm gonna kill you. And now he's in here. I, I, you all. You can take a dive. Peace. Slick. You want another sweat? Yep. What? 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 Dead. I'll try to post that one in the show notes so you can read it for yourself. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Ing. I picked an easy one for you this year. Oh, boy. <laughs> Paul McCarte. <laughs> Moving on. Next spooky story is called Jeff the Potato. I know that guy. <laughs> By... I think we've worked with Jeff the Potato. By unknown. It has been two weeks since Jeff's incident. He now lives in a life filled with burning hatred, cruelty, and misery. He has killed his own family, as well as his own brother, Leo. Lou. His own brother, Lou. Now, Jeff wanders around the streets of USA, killing many innocent children and people. But what he did not realize is that there... Another entity of him wandering around the ghetto parts of New York. His name is Jeff the Potato. He is considered by people the dumbest person on earth. Or so they thought. The origins date back as far as 1992. The year Jeff got into a brutal fight with Randy. After his face got covered with vodka, bleach, and fire... He began screaming so hard that he let loose the dumber side of his brain. The screaming caused a part of his soul to flee from his body with the dumb personality combining it. It would then create an incarnation of Jeff. When Potato Jeff, as a floating pile of dust, escaped from the flames, the wind blew it away with the four elements fusing inside it. The floating dust floats for around four days until finally reaching New York. The pile of dust lands in a dumpster near an elementary school. However, the process of making Potato Jeff wasn't so easy. The rest of it's been fantastic. (laughs) It took at least two months to form his muscles, organs, bones, eyes, legs, arms, and his Jeff the Killer face. When the process was finished, he spoke his first sentence. Time for people to go to, Potato! One day, on a bright sunny morning, Potato Jeff was on his not-so-killing spree. 
always making derpy faces <laughs> and laughing like a R word. His first victim was to be a eight-year-old girl from an elementary school, but that's when things got bad. As soon as Potato Jeff approached the school grounds, he said to himself, Hee hee hee, this is going to be fun. He tiptoed to a playground filled with happy children. He didn't know which girl to abduct, so he just picked the cutest one. He looked everywhere, from the monkey bars to the slides, without anyone noticing him. He was much faster and agile than Jeff, like a cheetah. He then looked his perfect victim, a cute eight-year-old girl with blonde hair, blue sneakers, a green skirt, a Hello Kitty shirt, and a pink bow on her head. Potato Jeff fell in love with her. Rather than killing her, he approached her and said, Um, excuse me. Yeah. Who are you? It's not Halloween, dummy. It's not my Halloween <laughs> costume. I actually look like... What's your name? Oh my God, it's rude <laughs> to ask a polite person without introducing himself. Well, that's the thing. The thing is... My name is Lisa. And my name is Jeff. The Potato. Jeff the Potato. I know it's a funny name, but... <laughs> Jeff the Potato? <laughs> that's so funny. Now, seriously, what's your real name? Well, that is my real name. You see... I had no idea where I came from. I think it was from a street or something. Stop telling jokes. Just tell me your name now. I'm not. I just wanna... Stop telling me lies. Potato Jeff gets a bit of Jeff's personality and shouts at her real loud. Stop yelling at me! All the kids from the playground begin to laugh at him. Lisa stops her foot and begins saying random swear words at Potato Jeff. He gets scared and attempts to flee the scene, but it's soon caught by the principal. Get him! Get the man! Security guards begin to pop out of nowhere, trapping Potato Jeff. Oh shit, what am I going to do? Then his Jeff personality goes away, and he begins to act like Stimpy. He begins to look at one of the guards. Why are you trespassing in our school and being rude to little girls? Potato Jeff didn't answer. Huh? Answer me. Why are you doing this for crying out loud? Duh, because potatoes are going to get for you. What the hell is wrong with this dude? Potato Jeff goes on a frenzy and begins to dance around the principal, which pisses him off. Get away from me, you stupid ass. Potato Jeff begins to laugh. The guards grab his arm hard, which makes Potato Jeff scream. Oh my god, is this what mental people on crack are? As soon as they're outside of the school, they pick up Potato Jeff up and violently throw him onto the road. Then, with angry expressions, they shout in unison. And never show your ugly face here ever again. Missile completely tweet. He runs happily along the streets. He thinks his next victims to kill. He decides to go after Jeff. I will find you, Jeff. We will be together again like brothers. In 2001, one person reported seeing a strange figure with a white hoodie, black greasy hair, a white face, red mouth, and eyes with out-of-place pupils. He was a carrying a blonde woman about 32 years old. He said the following during an interview. I saw a mysterious figure carrying a lady to an abandoned warehouse while I was taking a walk to Central Park. He was skipping while singing some kind of song. Actually, was skipping so fast I could barely see him. I went to the warehouse to see what the heck was going on. Unfortunately, he looked, he locked the main door, so I had to look through the window. The figure placed the victim in an old, torn-up mattress and began to make weird, whimpering sounds to the woman. He took a radio and started playing Napoleon 14th. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. When then, he then sang along with the song. The woman started to feel dizzy when the figure played that song at least three times until she died from exhaustion. The figure then said the following words before her death. Go to potato. On March 14, 2008, a YouTube user by the name of Shoop the Potato uploaded a video called Potato Jeff's Song.avi. The video consists of a black dim room with a man wearing a white hoodie, black pants, 
and a long black hair dancing to the song Big Girls Don't Cry by Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. It was too dark to see his face. At the last 2.5 seconds of the video, the man laughs like the hyena from Lady and the Tramp. What? (laughs) (laughs) People who watched it would commit suicide by shoving potatoes in their mouth and choke themselves until they die. The video was deleted three months later. The current whereabouts of Potato Jeff are unknown. If you see this man, please contact your local police department. Dun dun dun. The end. Next story. (laughs) (laughs) This is you. (laughs) Next story is called Today I Start Living by Unknown. Dies. (laughs) Next story. These are four short Russian-themed creepypastas. They're all by unknown. Cat is a hero of motherland. You come home from hard day of work at Gloria Soviet tractor factory. Enter a lounge and drink vodka. Cat sit on top of kitchen table, stare at you. Stupid cat, you say. You look just like Comrade's stolen fat ugly wife. Early next morning, KGB kick down front door and take you to Siberian gulag for outrageous slur against Comrade's stolen beautiful wife. In glorious Soviet motherland, even Cat can be trained to report owner for spread discontent and tell a lie about senior party members. Cat receive order of Lenin Medal and senior position in KGB. You receive 30 years hard labor, sentence at Soviet re-education camp. Life is just and fair under our beloved leader stolen. The end. <laughs> Story number two. <laughs> Pocket watches break. Walking home one night, you'll notice all candle and personal shack are lit. You finish vodka bottle as you approach door. House is empty, and you make sure not to feed guard dog, but candles still go out. You check Soviet pocket watch. Small hand on four, big hand on one. You realize you soon be late for glorious unpaid labor at mighty Soviet factory. At factory, you find letter on floor. It's signed to you from you. You open letter, wonder where you learn writing. Inside reads, the out for watch watch. You look at pocket watch, big hand on four, little hand on one. You look at note again, fourth and first word have swapped places. Watch out for the watch. You look at pocket watch again. You realize watch is broken. And get it fixed. You also decide to cut back on vodka. So you do not send letter to yourself anymore. Such is life in Moscow. <laughs> Story number three. Degenerate murderer on television. You're home to watch Pravda on television about degenerate murderer who is on the loose. You look out the window door to Beachfield and you notice man standing in the snow. He look like photo on television and he smile at you. You got vodka. Picking up phone to your right and dialing local militia policing commissar. Back out the glass you look. Placing phone to ear. Notice he not closer to you. You drop vodka in shock. No footprints in snow. <laughs> it was reflection. You dollars. Your apartment is bulldozed down to make way for glorious tractor factory. And the last one. A three wheels. One day, great Soviet commissar <laughs> come to village to see tractor. Moose and squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> tractor only three wheels. What happened? Inquires glorious Nita. Great Soviet tractor strong only need three wheels. 
replied pleasant. Pleasant. <laughs> a pleasant me. peasant. <laughs> but comrade, commissar, I cannot lie. I used unnecessary tire to make shoes for village children. Commissar, purge, peasant, in the name of Great Stalin, village children, was sent to Gulag, Great Soviet Union. Don't need children with weak feet. <laughs> Where does accent go? I know. <laughs> Next story is called The Super Mario Massacre by Unknown. One day, when I was playing Super Mario Brothers, something terrible happened. I'll tell you the story. I was looking at my games one day and found a Super Mario Brothers cartridge. I remember quitting this game years ago because I died so many times just on World 1-1. I grabbed it and put it in my... Ness. My SNES. NES. NES. It's a callback to a long time ago. When I was playing it again, the first Goomba killed me. I got so upset. The next time, I was able to jump over the Goomba, but then a random tank ran over Mario. I don't remember this being in the original game. Then I avoided the tank, and then Barney the Dinosaur came up to me with a chainsaw. He hit Mario with it, but surprisingly, there was no blood. It just showed Mario's normal death screen in the game. I died over 200 times in World 1-1. Then I got to the flagpole. I jumped to it, but then Spider-Man grabbed Mario with his web and threw him backwards into the stage. It said, game over again, but I restarted the level. When I jumped onto the first question block, the controller stopped working. Then Mario throws his hat off and talks about how he, how he tried, about how tired he is of dying. It says he will come after me. I was terrified now. Then my NES resets. I put the cartridge back and watch TV. I turn on the news, and the news lady says, A man has been killed by being jumped on. It sounded like that man was killed by Mario or something. I got a phone call right afterwards. I answer the phone and I say, Hello? It's me, Mario. Are you ready to die? I was freaked out even more. I hung up because I thought it was a prank call. Then I looked out my window. I saw a giant 8-bit Mario. He threw an 8-bit fireball at my house. It destroyed part of my house. The house rubble landed on me, and it really hurt. He thought I was crushed by the rubble and was dead, but it just sprayed my legs. I stayed under the rubble so Mario wouldn't see me. However, there was an opening to the rubble, and I could see what Mario was doing. He was jumping on my neighbors, which crushed them, and he threw fireballs at others, which turned them into skeletons. After he killed my neighbors, he left my neighborhood. So two weeks after this event, my legs mostly healed, and this massacre was on the news. I will never play the original Super Mario Brothers again. Good, because Super Mario Brothers 3 is far superior. And it doesn't kill you. The original Paper Mario is pretty awesome. And finally, this one is called Evil Patrick by... It says Evil Patrick's... Evil Patrick's Triple X by Unknown. and wait for the evil Patricks. Even as it came out of Sponge's mouth, it seemed to him a strange thing to say, and he was not sure why he had, but for some reason it worked. Bob went to bed. The next morning, though, he asked, What does evil Patricks look like? Sponge was making Krabby Patty. Bob sat at the table, short legs swinging under his chair. <laughs> Nothing, really. It's just an expression. What does it mean? Just something people say. He put a plate of eggs in front of Bob and kissed him on the top of his head. He thought that would be the end of it, until he saw the evil Patricks for himself. He was getting ready for bed, and stopped by Bob's room to check on him while he slept, as he often did. It was such a routine precaution, 
that when he saw a pale, naked man sitting on the edge of Bob's bed, rocking back and forth, it took a moment for him to process what he was seeing. He reacted the way any father would, of course. He ran into the room screaming, and for a moment he thought about attacking the intruder. But then the man on the bed turned, and that's when Sponge saw that it wasn't really a man. It was a pale, slithery thing, hairless and warped, quite like Chris. Its joints turned the wrong way, and its body out of shape, like Chris, with itself. Sponge Chris, I thought froze. you got these off the internet. How do they know you? <laughs> I wrote this one. <laughs> Sponge froze. The skittering thing watched him. He grabbed Bob and ran. In the hall, he turned to see if the thing would follow him, but it didn't. For a moment, it watched, and then, moving like a stop-motion nightmare, it crawled to the window and jumped out, leaving only the billowing curtains to mark its passing. Sponge had trouble talking to the police. He reported a break-in, but when asked to describe the intruder, he didn't know what to say. How could he make the ordinary man in the blue uniform sitting at his kitchen table while two of his colleagues searched the house understand a thing like he'd seen? To make it worse, Bob's memory did not corres- correspond to Sponge. It was an ordinary-looking burglar. A man in a mask. Sponge thought about it. Had it been a mask? No. It would have had to been a full costume, and an elaborate one. Something like they would use for a movie. And that would not explain the way it moved. But, in the end, he simply echoed his son's testimony. <laughs> a man in a mask. A burglar. The lie unsettled him almost as much as what had happened. The doctor said, Bob was molested and showed signs of molestation. Sponge was not relieved. <laughs> we should stay at a motel for a couple of nights until we feel ready to come home. I will have a new security system installed, along with bars on the window. I don't like the side of them in Daniel's room, but it seemed like the only thing to do. Sponge was frightened that first night back in the house, but Bob, strangely, was not. <laughs> Bob, are you okay sleeping alone? Yeah. In the end, it was Sponge who found himself wishing he were not sleeping alone. He was up all night listening for the sound of anything moving in the house. Although he had convinced himself that his memory was faulty and that it had been a normal, all but probably deeply disturbed, man in his son's room. When he closed his eyes, even for a moment, he pictured bloodless skin and a twisted, inhuman face. Why my house? Why my family? I know, of course, that they didn't have to be a reason, but still, I wonder. Two weeks later, Bob started talking. Bob stopped talking. Sponge didn't notice at first. <laughs> he started and he stopped. He stopped! <laughs> I can't read! <laughs> Two weeks later, Bob stopped talking. Sponge didn't notice at first. Kids went through quiet phases sometimes. But eventually, he tried to get Daniel to talk. And he wouldn't. Eventually, it became clear that he couldn't. Back to the doctor, they went. Nothing wrong with him that we can see. Is it Sponge or is it Daniel? I don't know. It's Bob. There's nothing wrong with him that we can see. Was it the trauma? Could be. Sometimes these things come on late. Children can be a mystery, even to those who know them best. We recommend a child psychologist. <laughs> I can't afford that. Healthcare. <laughs> I can't, for, the, for that matter, even afford the bill you're giving me now. Nothing seemed to help. Bob would write out answers to questions sometimes, but never more than a yes or no. What is wrong? Did you see or hear anything that frightened you? Bob would only stare. He seemed furtive and bemused. Sponge found himself missing the sound of his son's voice. Sometimes he wanted to hear it so bad that he ached, but it seemed that Bob would not talk again until he was ready. Sponge had other things to worry about, too. I'm convinced, beyond a reason, that the intruder was not really gone. Though the alarm never went off and the locks and bars remained undisturbed. I'm sure that I hear movement in the night. Not normal movement. It was a sound like a huge snake slithering through the house. When he heard it, he imagined horrible things. Nothing was ever there when he went to investigate, though he often thought he glimpsed something just out the corner of his eye. A pale foot or a misshapen shadow that would slink away as soon as he turned. He rarely slept, and when he did, he had haunted dreams. Soon, he realized he had not left the house in weeks, except to go to the bank and buy groceries. He felt hemmed in. With Bob acting mute, he hadn't had an actual conversation with anyone in weeks, so he called his mother. 
The connection was bad, and her voice sounded faint, on the verge of being not there at all. <laughs> I guess I'm okay, Ma. But things have been a real been a but things have been a little rough. We had a break in. Oh, how awful! Did they take anything? <laughs> Just ran off. It was weird, though. I haven't really felt comfortable since then. Are you still working at the hospital? No, Ma. I left last year. You know that. Oh, well, have you been getting out? What about the nice woman you were seeing last year? The one who played the piano? Sponge scowled. She was always asking that kind of thing. Didn't she know how hard it was being a single father? That he didn't have the time? He was about to say so when something made him pause. Ma? Is there anyone else on the line? I don't think so. Sponge was sure he heard it. Though, the short, gasping sound of someone trying to hold their breath and failing. A cold feeling crept across the back of his neck. <laughs> You're sure nobody is listening on your other phone? Dear, there's no other phone. I'm on the cell. That's why the service is so bad. Then what is... Sponge stopped. If the sound wasn't coming from her end, then... He dropped the phone and raced to the hall, heart pounding. He hurtled into the garage. The spare phone sat on the workbench. No one was in sight. Could someone have been there all along, listening to his phone call, and then slithered away? The next day, he took out the extra phone extensions. He even filled in the jacks with rubber cement. He began giving Bob a light physical exam every week. It was an absurd thing to do, of course, even if there was a physical cause for Bob's behavior. It would be nothing he could discover this way. One morning, Sponge set the diaphragm of the stethoscope against Bob's chest, but he could not locate a heartbeat. He moved his hand in search of the right spot, to no avail. Then, to test it, he listened to his own heartbeat. It came through steady and clear, but when he checked Bob again, he didn't hear anything. A sick feeling roiled his stomach. He threw the stethoscope down and grabbed Bob by the shoulders, looking into his face. Bob stared back with bright eyes. He even smiled a little with the corners of his mouth. Sponge felt a tingle of tears. He swept his son up in his arms and hugged him, and Bob hugged back. Put your shirt back on him and go play! The stethoscope, he decided, was broken. He threw it in the trash. Things got worse. Sponge's terrors were no longer relegated to the long hours of the night. Now it seemed that some creeping, some skittering, and scuttling... Some unknowable noise in some dark corner, or another, filled every second of his day. The thought of how big the house really was started to weigh on him. There are so many rooms! I'm not in at any given time. So many places someone, or something, else could be. He imagined strange figures occupying the rest of his home when he wasn't around. Melting into the walls, or merging with the shadows whenever he turned on a light or opened a door. Soon he didn't have to be outside of a room to imagine it. When he walked up the stairs, he pictured pale figures lurking beneath them. When he went down the hall, he pictured a crawling thing slithering behind the walls, shadowing his every step. If he sat too long in the same chair, he imagined that it was right behind him, and he was never comforted. When he turned around and found nothing there, as he could only guess that it meant it had moved. Swiftly and silently behind him once again, Wherever he was not looking right now, that was where he imagined it to be. I'm losing my mind! Up in here. The only thing that helped him cling to sanity was that Bob seemed undisturbed. Other than his muteness, his behavior was perfectly normal. One night he found himself creeping around the house with no lights on at 2 o'clock in the morning. Normal. If the intruding thing had taken to violating his daytime activities, then he would get revenge by confronting it on his own terms. <laughs> The night. And really, night was no more frightening to him now than day. They were, al they were almost interchangeable. He padded barefoot down the halls, up the stairs, in and out of disused rooms. Sometimes he stopped to listen, hoping to locate it by sound. It was a stealthy, creeping thing. He knew, but it was awkward at times, and it couldn't always keep its strangely shaped limbs from making their distinct, irregular footsteps. 
the smallest noise would give it away. Give it away now. This is the room I suspect it would most spend most of the time in. The spare bedroom. Not a bedroom at all, really. <laughs> More like a closet, just large enough to accommodate a bed if one were so inclined. It was unpainted and uncrapped and drafty. <laughs> <laughs> what? There was no crap in it. Okay. <laughs> it was uncrapped. That's good. I like that in a room. <laughs> Much different than the room we're recording in right now. <laughs> this is super crapped. There is a lot of crap in this room. I should really fix it up. I just don't come in here very often because I dislike the bear. Unused look of it. It makes me think of a partially dissected corpse. It needs more crap. <laughs> he came in now, though. If the thing made its nest any one place in the house, this would be it. Of course, there was nothing there now. But that didn't mean there was nothing there. He cursed, running a hand through his sweat, damp hair. What am I missing? How does it hide from me? Mary! 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 What was the secret? Well, Jimmy Stewart, he peered into the room's empty corners one by one getting his face a few inches from the plaster and floorboards so that he could be certain. Certain that there was no space for it to conceal itself. The light bulb flickered. He froze. My God! It's on the ceiling! He pictured it crawling above him like a huge, pale lizard. That's how it gets around! And that's how it escapes at any time I should have it cornered! It just scuttles up the wall and hides right over my head! He imagined it dangling down behind him like a spider. If I turn around, it will be there, hanging with its face right next to mine. He held his breath. He did not want to turn around, but he had no choice. It was between him and the door. With a quiet sob, he rounded on his heels. Of course, I'm alone. There is no man on the ceiling. He's in the closet. I even checked twice. (laughs) Maybe it crawled out and was waiting for me in the hall. But when I checked there, the coast was once again clear. It should have been there. It should have been a relief, but it was not. After all, it had to be in here somewhere. If the ceiling was not its trick, then just meant it was something else. Something even more strange. Even more clever. He went to Bob's room. He had not stopped checking on him at night like he always had. This time, though, rather than open the door, he listened at it first. Yes, he listened at the door. Pressing his ear against the grade of the cheap wood and holding his breath, terrified that he would hear a skittering sound on the other side of the barrier. What he heard instead shocked him more. Bob was talking to someone. Me, 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 me. Sponge recoiled for a second and then, when he got his breath, he all but kicked the door in. Bob was already awake indeed, sitting up in bed, but he was not saying anything now. The light flashed on and Sponge stalked halfway into the room before stopping, suddenly torn. What did he want more? To confirm that his son could speak again or to find whomever he was speaking to? The creak of a door hinge settled the matter for him. What is that? Sponge read what the narrator was thinking. He ran to the closet and threw it open. There was nothing inside, or at least nothing that shouldn't be there. He swept aside clothes on their hangers, but nothing was hiding between them. After a few minutes, Sponge was panting. And covered in sweat and the closet was bare. And there were neither intruders nor answers inside. It struck him as funny, somehow. And he started to laugh, very quietly. He became aware, all at once, of several things. First being that he had not slept in days and was nowhere near his right mind. The second was now was how close he'd come to really losing it. For good! Tomorrow we would both sleep until the afternoon And when we do wake up I and Bob would get out of this creaky old house No more staying cooped up like prisoners And no more checkups And no more dreams about monsters I will even take the bars off the windows 
It was time to get back to living like real people again. It was time to... Sponge saw it when he brushed a hand through Bob's hair. He pulled Bob a little too roughly closer. His son acquiesced to the examination without fidgeting or complaint as Sponge pawed the side of his head, hoping that what he was seeing would somehow stop being apparent. He stared and stared until he ached from not blinking, but there was no denying what was right in front of his eyes. Bob was missing an ear. No, both ears. There's no injury, no incision, no mark where there should have been. Simply smooth, blank, flesh. Sponge swept him up in his arms and ran into the hall. He was not sure where he was going or what he meant to do when he got there. He just knew that there was now nothing more important than getting his son out of the house. But their path was cut off. A naked man sat in the hallway with his back to them. No, not a man. Sponge recognized its stretched limbs and stooped shoulders. The pale thing squatted on its haunches, rocking back and forth like it was palsied. It almost seemed to be in pain. Sponge hugged his son closer and backed away. Then he heard Bob's voice. Crabby. Sponge turned to Bob and he heard the voice again. Crabby. But Bob's lips hadn't moved. Sponge looked back at the hunched figure. Its head jerked when it talked like a tick. Hello, Crabby. Sponge's mouth went dry. It took several tries before he could speak. Uh, don't call me that! Go away! Leave my family alone! No. The longer it talked, the more the voice became distorted and blurred. An icy feeling nestled in Sponge's stomach. Who are you? Someone. Someone who came to rape. Why here? To rape. Sponge heart thudded against the inside of his chest. Why? I had something you wanted. Sponge licked his dry lips. You're lying. You don't have anything I want. I want you to leave. Leave and never come back. Who is Bob's mother? What? Who is Bob's mother? What the hell kind of question is that? Who is Bob? Stop asking me these things. When is Bob's circumcision? I don't know. What is his sex name? Shut up! I'm a rapier. I said shut up! Sponge wanted to tear the thing apart with his bare hands. Only the heaviness of Bob in his arms kept him where he was. I have big penis. Me too. And Sponge's stomach <laughs> turned over. Bob picked at Sponge's shoulder to get his attention. Something was strange about Bob's face. Bobby, open your eyes. Bob scrunched his eyes shut tighter. Open your eyes, Bobby. Bobby, open your eyes. Open your eyes. Bob shook his head, trying to refuse, but he couldn't hold it forever. Eventually, his eyelids flicked up and Sponge saw the truth. Bob's eyes were gone. Sponge almost dropped him. For a second, he wanted to throw his son down so that he could stop looking into those empty holes in his face. Bob opened his mouth as if to speak, but of course, he had no voice. He's coming back to be a part of me. No! No, no, no! Unrape him! Unrape him! I cannot. It has been too long. I warned you this would happen. You're lying! You're lying! You're a fucking liar! Give me my son back! Give him back! I do not lie. I warned you. He could not accept forever. Bob felt like a doll or an empty bag. His hair was falling out, disappearing before it touched the ground. His hands vanished into his sleeves and his feet rolled up inside his pants cuffs. Sponge cradled the tiny shapeless thing. Tears streamed down his face. Soon he held a pile of empty clothes. And then those two were gone. He looked around the house. Toys disappeared. Clothes vanished from their frames. Bob's little shoes were no longer by the door. Sponge turned towards Bob's room and confronted a wall where the door should be. 
He groped the blank surface, fingertips scrambling. He hit his head against the wall. The pain didn't feel real. Why did you do this? For Satan. Sponge pressed his hands to his aching skull. Will I at least remember him after this? No. Sponge sat on the floor looking at the blank wall. Out the corner of his eye, he saw the thing creep toward him and even felt its wet hand on his shoulder. But he did not look at it. If I won't remember any of this, then why tell me? Because a crabber should know. And then Sponge was molested. Happy Halloween, everybody! Happy Halloween! <laughs> I feel molested. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this a Krusty Krab? <laughs> Another creepy Patrick in the books. Let's uh, let's oh. revisit the beer cooler. My. again it's evanescence hazy ipa <laughs> no it's luminescence hazy ipa wake, wake me, me up, up before you go go <laughs> save me florida avenue brewing company from tampa all right laura what'd you this think is about a seven percent abv yeah laura what'd you think so jail knows i don't like ipas however i do like hazy ipas and I think I really like this one all because it has pillowy mounds in it. <laughs> That's usually how I like things, too, with yes. pillowy mounds. I'm all about the pillowy mounds. No, I think it started really good. It finished smooth. No lingering aftertaste. That's what she said. I'm going to give it a six. Whoa. Sabrina? I liked it. It's a three. <laughs> I mean, it has... A, it has uh, it's a good smooth flavor, but I just could only drink three. I'm a lightweight, but no, I liked not. it. You are definitely not a lightweight. I've turned into a lightweight. You definitely have not turned into a lightweight. I have. I haven't even finished this one yet, guys. I'm only like halfway done. Oh, guys. Guys. We're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I agree. It's a three. I agree with Laura on everything that she said. I'm also giving this a six. Oh, Really good. It's the pillowy mounds. I'm it is the pillowy you. mounds. Love pillowy mounds. And it's the fact that I didn't get raped by Patrick. <laughs> That's my mind's a three. I'm gonna rape you. Beer master. Oh, I love this beer. It's great. It's a six. <laughs> That's so my six pack would only go to three. <laughs> <laughs> I only get a half a six pack. I get a starter six pack, which is three. <laughs> What? I don't know. Just ignore her. <laughs> I'm drunk. Just ignore her. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> I'm a lightweight now. She's a lightweight. Did you notice I'll the more uh, Laura? The more bored JL got in the last story, the more his narrator got animated. Yes. 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 <laughs> and the more he added to it. <laughs> the more he started to sound like um A mix between Charlton Heston and uh Orson Welles. Oh no, I was just thinking <laughs> Is that what that was? I was just thinking. Obviously, you've never seen Transformers the movie. You know the I have. which one with Megan Fox? Guy. No, the good one, the animated What's, one. You know oh. the the reason why we have Prime Day. Oh yes, he did sound like yeah. Plankton. Oh yeah, yeah. he sounded more. He like had a plankton. very Plankton. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's a very yeah. Plankton yeah. sounding voice. Good observation. You're, that's because I'm not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was Half after this. Oh. All right. Uh, well, that's it for our annual Creepy Pasta Theater episode. Uh, join us next time as we conclude the Titanic episode. We're never going to record that. I am not leaving the planet, guys. <laughs> oh, you're leaving the planet. I don't care what was written in the script. I am not leaving the planet. <laughs> I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Sabrina Pierre. JL Trosa. And I'm Laura. Bye. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Catch you on the flippity flop. Gong. 
Nobody can do Russian accent here. Gong from the gulag. I did the best Russian accent. <laughs> said no one ever. I've done a Russian accent. Hey, like I said, be glad I didn't go full redneck. Oh, That's your waiting. British accent. You know what? I was waiting for a brooder. Yeah. Shh, no one knows a brooder. Everybody knows that. Podcast 42 is performed by Christopher DeVos, Jay Eltros, Lori DeVos, and Sabrina Pierre. Sound designed by P42 Incorporated and is recorded in the Podcast 42 Studios Orlando. Logo by Cute Panda. Find Cute Panda on Facebook for commissions. Theme music by Cramo. Find more music at Cramo.net. Podcast 42 is a proud member of the Podfix Network. Ever wonder why your kid won't listen? Ever wonder why your mom is so bossy? Well, we do all the time. That's why we created our podcast. Love these mother-daughter talks with Bryn and Flynn. Through a series of open and honest conversations, Flynn and I hope to deepen our understanding of each other and help other parents and children deepen their understandings of what goes on in their day-to-day struggles. (laughs) And more. We are officially now on the Podfix Network. Also, find us anywhere you download your podcasts. Hey, Flynn, I love these mother-daughter talks. Me too. Let's see you on our next episode. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.